guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hey, Oxford Holy Club, it's Brad Silliker, your host here. Uh, just wanting to jump in right at the beginning and let you know that this episode is going to be a little different. Uh, we're calling it Preacher to the Fourth Power. There was four pastors. Uh, I was one of them. We were sitting in a room together around a fire, and I just I brought all my equipment with me, and we tossed up a couple of mics, hit record, and kind of went through an episode together and just had some conversation and some fun. Uh, and so I just wanted to let you know it's going to be a little bit different. You'll uh, get to hear some different voices. Uh, all together and, and all that kind of stuff. And I hope that you enjoy the episode. We had an awful lot of fun going through it. And I'll be jumping back in a little bit for our Not A Sponsor ad and all that kind of stuff. But I also want to let you know that this will be our first episode where we haven't been doing the Wesley question because we've gone through them all. And we're going to move into a new segment we're calling Tough Questions with Tough Answers. We're going to look at some deeper things um, and, and, and really go there. So I'm really excited for that and what that's going to look like. But I hope that you enjoy the episode again and uh, looking forward to your comments and and all kinds of different things uh, that you think of blah 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 do you ever talk so much you forget what you're saying enjoy the episode oh yeah <laughs> uh, that is reverend Andrew Barker I wanted to throw that reverend out uh, so that you just you know how respectable he is and yet still makes noises like that Andrew welcome back to the show how you doing I'm doing good. Glad to be back. How are you? I'm fine. A little sleepy, but I'm good. Uh, next to my immediate across from me, that doesn't make any sense. Um, this gentleman was on the podcast once before. He doesn't even remember. We ate spicy We ate spicy um, Carolina Reaper brittle and answered questions mm. together. Let's uh, give a big O-Club welcome to Reverend Eddie Rossiter. Hey, Ed. How are you? I'm fine. You're going to have to speak up, though, brother. Okay, I'm speaking up. Okay, that we'll try that again. Welcome, Eddie Rossiter. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you this evening. Well, thanks. I'm in your cabin, <laughs> so yeah, thank you for welcoming me. It's a pleasure to have you in my cabin this evening. Wow. All right. Thank you. And then, making his debut podcast appearance, is this the first podcast you've been on? It is. Making his debut podcast appearance, we have Reverend Scott Wilson. Welcome, Scott. Hello. I won't drip the sarcasm like Edward. Or Edwin, pardon me. Wow. Uh, Eddie, just so you know, this is an audio-only medium, so when you roll your eyes, the audience can't tell. So you've got to find a way to vocalize that. Cool? Sure. All right. Well, guys, what we're going to do is, uh, well, actually, um, for those that are listening, just so you know, these are uh, friends and colleagues. Andrew is the uh, pastor at the Windsor Church of the Nazarene in Windsor, Nova Scotia. Uh, Eddie is the, the pastor at the Summerside Church of the Nazarene in Summerside, PEI. And Scott is the pastor of the Freetown Church of the Nazarene in Freetown, uh, PEI. And uh, so if you're listening and you're in those areas and you don't have a local church, reach out to us through our email or, uh, or, our, or our social medias and we'll connect you with these guys and find you a local church. These are great guys and they'd love, uh, love for you to come and visit them. So guys, thanks for uh, being with us again, uh, Scott, for the first time. Uh, I haven't given them really much heads up as to what to expect, so this will be fun. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you guys know what Yahoo Answers is? No. Yahoo still exists? Yahoo still exists. <laughs> Uh, there's this website where people post the most random questions and then 
the internet begins to answer them. So I pulled some different questions from there for us to consider and talk about at length if we choose. Here's the first question. If I walk into a pizza shop and order a pizza for delivery, do I get a ride home? Let's talk about that. That would be awesome. If you didn't drive there in the first place. So you're thinking this person drove to the pizza shop, <laughs> ordered a pizza for delivery, left their own vehicle, and hopped in with the pizza delivery man. That's how I that's would, the that's situation. How, that's how I would do it. Scott just looked at his phone to check the time to see, did I really give up my evening to answer this question? Yeah. No, I was actually thinking, um, before I knew Christ, and I was deeply in the world, um, I considered trying this at times, and I know people who have tried this at times. None of them would ever share if they were successful or not, so I don't, I think they were like, I delivered the pizza to you, not to your house. Okay. But but they ordered delivery to an, to their address, you know? Doesn't mean they're included in the delivery. Fair enough. Andrew, I saw your hand was up. Well, I think the question that, that comes to mind for me when I see this, and it seems like every time we do Yahoo Answers, I have more questions than answers. But it, does it actually say that you're getting a ride home from the pizza shop, pizza delivery person? Or is it, should I get a ride home? Like... If I walk into a pizza shop and order a pizza for delivery, do I get a ride home? I would hope you'd be home, so maybe, yeah, hitch a ride home to okay to be there. Now, I said it all depends on the comma and the periods. and This person walked to a pizza shop, Eddie, to answer your question. That's in, So we've, we've locked that down. And they order a pizza for delivery. Do I get a ride home? I'm wondering if they think, is it in the, ser you know, the service agreement of ordering delivery that they just get a ride home? Is that something that's offered by local pizza shops. Is that something that local pizza shops should offer? Another way to think about this, maybe there should be a question before this. Have you <laughs> ever seen how pizza delivery guys drive? And do yeah. you want them to deliver you? Fair enough. Do they have, what's that insurance that, you know, the, if you get in an accident? Liability. Liability insurance. Do the pizza delivery drivers have at least a million dollar liability insurance, you know. That would be something that I would ask first. The, my only experience with seeing the driving of pizza delivery people is uh, Home Alone 1. If you recall, they I always ran into the little statue in front of the house and Toy Story 1, which I know is a cartoon, but I just, you know, I take my cues from, from movies, I guess. Uh, I don't think that you get... I don't, I don't think that you would get a drive. I don't think that's part of the deal when you order. Although I'm really interested to try, except that, Scott, you said that it was when you were in the world. So you kind of made it almost seem like this is sinful now. Well, my, my experience with this question. So I'm, I the, can't the do way this. I, Sorry, Britt. No, I, go, go. The way I usually have heard this question framed is they didn't walk from home to the pizza joint. They walked from the bar to the pizza joint. I see. So um, they were deep in our topic for tonight later, I think. Sure. Mm, yeah. um, and uh, we're looking, at least they were thinking of <coughs> safety, right? Okay, okay. I think, I think in the question there's an implied uh, inebriation. 
I don't think that's there. Don't add that. Andrew, come on. I, I don't think it's implied inebriation. I think it's someone trying to be smart and wants a cheaper taxi and by the when them to get a cheap taxi who just happens to also hand you a pizza. I mean if if it works, it's smart. But um I don't think it's a guarantee. And if we're just dealing with the question, if I order a pizza, do I get a ride home? I don't think it's a guarantee. I don't see any name of pizza shop here. I see your hand going up, but I have a thought. I'm going. Name your pizza shop here that's like, oh, by the way, and we'll deliver you. And well. we'll deliver you. So go ahead, Eddie. Take it away. I, I think your possibility of getting a ride home from the pizza delivery guy would increase if you let him know that you would give him a really good tip. Ah, I see. Okay. You know, like instead of the standard like four or five bucks, like maybe ten. Maybe fifteen. But is it cheaper than a taxi at that point? $20 pie, $15 tip... That's a pretty long taxi ride. I was, um, you know, uh, keep talking, and while you do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at normal taxi rates. But you get a pizza. That's true. You're, you're getting a pizza. You're getting a pizza as well. And if he was really nice, he might let you start eating it on the way. Oh, interesting. Hmm. This is a tough one. I want, I want this to be a thing. Yeah, Scott, yes. <laughs> I, I just thought of what I think is a valid point, and your, your geographical location plays into this, mm -hmm. because in Summerside PEI, in order to get delivery, you call the taxi company and send Whoa. them to the restaurant Whoa. to pick up your order and bring it to you. So yeah. that, I think, that is true, except for in Domino's. They won't let that happen. No, Domino's does have. They delivery. have their own delivery. Okay. There is no Grecoville in Summerside. Uh, I remember as a teenager living in O'Leary, PEI, ordering at one in the morning from um, Freddy's Freddy's Pizza or A One Pizza or something like that from Summerside, and they would have delivered. Uh, it would have been an hour ride. There was four or five of us, and we were all chipping in to cover the gas for this guy. In the end, we didn't have the nerve to do it and back down. But I think this question is future thinking because right now, the future right now is like food deliveries and, you know, Ubers and all these other places that will go pick up your food. Maybe the, maybe this is the way of the future right now. That, that or it's a really good business idea. I don't. I don't think the wave of the future is Ubers. It's going to be drones. Did you? Okay. Oh, that's a. Did you see that the four the four person drone that they're trying to do right now? Uh, Uber's trying to do. Yep. I was thinking of Amazon little, little drones driving their packages around. You know, so that's going to be like pizza drones. You said four person drone. Rub your eyes for a minute and look at Eddie and I. That's a two person drone. <laughs> We just have to stop ordering takeout pizza. I live in Alberton. There are no takeouts. <laughs> well, I think, guys, I think we've come to a definitive answer for this person because you definitely know the person that wrote this question on the internet listens to our podcast and they are looking for an answer from us. So we need to give them an answer. It To me, I looked at this question initially as if they order a pizza, it, do they just get a free ride home? 
what what do you think? Just yes or no. Eddie's shaking his no, head. Like, not, thank you. Not in today's world, no. Not, no. not yet. Not, not yet. Think it's to come. Would you do it if you were the pizza delivery guy? If I would, if I did, and he was giving me a good tip, hundred yeah. percent. I would, I would have no problem with it as long as my company didn't have a problem. Okay, Andrew. <clears throat> Are you asking if I, if I would? Yeah. Uh, probably not. <clears throat> Unless it was like a friend of mine. I mean, then it, then I. But cool they're not going to tip you then, because they're yeah, going to be. Yeah, it's a friend of mine. Like. We're going to hang out in the car. Good values, buddy. Payment up front, I think, is what needs to happen for me to do it, though. Payment okay. up front. But, but do you trust the person that's getting in the car? I mean, he, they're, they've got the guts to ask for a delivery <laughs> of themselves. <laughs> that, that's what I was saying. Would, would I do it? Yeah. But I'm six foot two, 350 pounds. I'm pretty, you know, things to... But the pizza delivery guy might think... Is this just like a hungry serial killer? Hungry for cereal, yep. <laughs> just out there eating boxes of cereal. Oh, that's not what you meant. And pizza. And pizza. <clears throat> well, we got to move on from this because this is, you know, how long have we spent on this one? 15 minutes. No. 13. Moving on. Uh, we do have a listener question, guys, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you think about this. This, uh, this comes... Again, from one of our listeners, and it says, What are some strategies to lead rather than follow in a group of friends when things are heading in the wrong direction? So we've got someone here who is in with a group of friends, and at the moment they're feeling that they're kind of following uh, with this group that's kind of heading down a, a wrong path, and they want to be able to give leadership in that group uh, to kind of steer it in a different... They don't, want, they don't want to abandon the group at this point, from what I can gather. Um, any Any thoughts... On, uh, on some strategies or, or you know, maybe uh, your own experience, Andrew? I think the first thing here is to have the courage to not follow mm-hmm. and, and to be willing to lead and to say, you know, maybe what might not make you the best of friends in that circle, but to have the courage to say, to actually say, I don't think this is right. Hmm. Or rather than kind of going with the flow and, and hoping things are okay. So the first strategy, I think, yeah, is, is to have the courage to be the leader, whether they're going to follow you or not. Hmm. So, so lead even if no one follows. Lead yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts, gentlemen? Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think, you know, when you're in a situation like that, if you're feeling that way, good chance that somebody else in your group is feeling that way. And all it takes is for one person... <clears throat> to buck the trend and decide to go a different way and usually there's a follower you know yeah i think of that video that went around a few years ago about the dancer you know how to create a, mo- a movement or you know, oh be yeah, a leader. yeah yeah and the one guy stands up and starts dancing and then all of a sudden there's another guy that stands up and starts dancing because he saw that first guy stand up and the second guy standing up created the momentum so it wasn't really the first guy that stood up it was the second guy that created the momentum and then all of a sudden they attracted more and more and more yeah so you know sometimes as a leader you think you're going to be alone but as soon as you step out you you will attract usually if you're thinking the right way somebody Mm -hmm. else to come with you and that will create more momentum so yeah having the the courage to stand up and be different yeah, uh, I, I threw a couple of scriptures in the notes here just because I, I, how important I think it is that we understand 
um, the importance of having good, good friendships, good relationships with people. Um, you know, Proverbs, which is just positive actions, uh, says Proverbs thirteen twenty says, "He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed." Um, it sounds to me that you don't want to be one of those. That you would like to step out of that. Are you okay? I'm fine. Did anyone else hear all that? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was me. You <laughs> mean you thought it was you? I hope that came through in the recording. Yeah, I really appreciate drawing attention to that. <laughs> I think we should edit that. Oh, uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, and and then the other scripture that came to my mind was First Corinthians fifteen thirty three uh, that says, "Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits." Um, I've had my own story. I've shared it a little bit on the podcast before, but there was a period in my life where I had to make the decision actually to separate myself from my friends uh, because the path that we were already on, to to my way of thinking, had gone too far. Um, And and I actually wound up having a conversation with them and explaining and expressing where I was at. It, it went really well in my scenario, in my case, where my friends actually respected the decision that I made because they were actually friends. Um, and, and, but, and so they understood why all of a sudden I wasn't going to the same places they were going and why we weren't hanging out the same way we were. We still hung out, but just not, it was never the same. Um, and they weren't bad people and there's not bad people, but the practices that were happening at the time were leading me down a very, very dark, dark place. So I had to separate um, but that's not everyone's story. Scott, did, I didn't, I'm not sure if you threw down anything. You don't have to. Well, it's, it's funny. My, my first thought, um, was along the same road as when you were sharing scripture and remembering where we can draw strength from. Mm-hmm. And, and this might seem really strange for, you know, the, the holiness, uh, aspect of it. But have you seen the new Gillette commercial? I haven't, but I've seen my social media feeds have it's, like lit up with probably, people banning and, and Gillette. I'll, I've watched the commercial, and what it, it's about, what they're saying, it's about toxic masculinity. But really, it almost boils down to like this question: and when everyone else is making bad decisions or decisions that are going to negatively impact people, how do you react? And while the commercial is obviously pointed at at males, I think it really goes to to either gender. And when you know something is wrong, how do you react? Mm. And and I think it goes right back to what Andrew said, is having the courage to say, I'm not doing that. Right. And I think some of the scripture that you provide is... You gotta be prepared for that and know that there will, you know, there will be moments where you do, you know, have to separate yourself from I think it was Corinthians said evil company. But within the question it's, you know, you're in this moment yeah. where you're with a group of friends and they're going down a path and it's to have that courage. Mm-hmm. Now, as Eddie was talking about, you know, you might have that follower or followers, or it might just be you alone. And in those cases, you have to be ready to understand, you know. As the scripture says, don't be deceived. Yeah. You know, it, it corrupts good habits. So you recognize this is going to a not good habit. And if you're deceiving yourself, you're going to, you're going to fall into that. 
I it's weird that that I'm seeing what we're talking about in a Gillette commercial. But uh, exactly what you were just saying, Andrew, in, in the reaction. One of the, the scenes in the commercial is like a big, you know, community barbecue or friends barbecue. And, you know, the fathers are standing around the barbecue. And there's two kids over in the ground, two young fellas, ten-ish, I'd say. You know, and one's on the ground and the other one's on top of them, beating up on them. And the father of the kid getting beat up says, oh, boys will be boys. And then you kind of see the realization come on the other man's face. And he goes over and it's his son that's on top. And he kind of grabs him by the shoulders and takes him back and says, that's not how we treat people. Right? And so he was the one that his kid wasn't even being hurt. Mm -hmm. But he realized the path that could set for his kid if he didn't set an example in that moment. So having the courage, even though, you know, the rest of the fathers were looking at him like, what, boys will be boys? No, boys don't have to be. There's boys being boys and there's boys being dipsticks. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, I don't know for you guys, and I think we've all kind of said the same thing, you kind of need to be ready in your spirit to be willing to stand alone. Um, and that, and that may be the case or, you know, Lord willing, there'd be someone within the group. And you know what? You're right. When we talk about demographics or we talk, you know, when censuses are taken and all that kind of stuff, you look at, you know, if you get 10 people that say they vote a certain way or they say something that's representative of a bigger group. So you're probably not the only one feeling this way, you know, depending on the group. And, uh, and Lord willing, if you were the one that would step out, someone would follow your example. Um, so if we can be any kind of encouragement, we would encourage you to, to, to be the one that would step out. Um, right now, I think that, you know, we've had different people talk about, would you be the one? We had a, one of our general superintendents a while ago uh, say, you know, would you be willing to be the one? And, and, and we need that people that are willing to stand, even if no one follows. Mm -hmm. But authentic people that stand up for what's right i th i think that that's contagious yeah and i think that another important thing is if you're going to be that person who stands out and stands up even if no one follows you you need to know that really you're not alone yeah you know you're not alone there's you know christ is with you the holy spirit's with you but not only that there's other people who might not be in your friend group, but who are around you, mm -hmm. your youth leaders, your pastor, uh, some pe sometimes your family, who, who will stand with you in your decisions. Yep. So you need to look. I, I keep, what's been going through my mind is iron sharpens iron. There's that passage. Yes. You know, to, you know, we need to be around people who are going to bring us uh, to, to be better, to bring out the best in us. Mm -hmm. And if you come to the realization that your friends aren't going to bring out the best in you, then that's the, that's the question. Am I going to stand and am I going to be the best me in that situation? Hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I just have one last analogy to toss out. And listener, find somebody to do this with. Uh, see if I can explain this. It's very visual. Um, you, you, you are going to stand up on a chair and have, do you know this one, Andrew? I think so. Go ahead. You're, you're going to have somebody stand up on a chair. You're going to stand up on a chair, and 
and you're going to try to pull somebody up onto that chair with you, representing you know you trying to bring these these people up to your level kind of thing, and it is extremely difficult. It's very hard, um, but when they pull on you, it's so much easier for them to pull you down and pull you off of that chair. Uh, so it's really important to have, like Eddie said, friendships that that accept you for who you are, but also want you all want to better each other and be the best versions of yourself that you can be. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for our Not a Sponsor Break, the part of the show where we highlight a product that we feel does it better than anyone else, but they won't support us financially. Nobody does it this week, it's not so much a product as it is a company that sells products. Uh, Long and McQuaid musical instruments located all across Canada. The reason I bring them to you today is because I had um, a vocal pedal that can modulate the sound of my voice, you know, give me different effects, uh, thicken it up, do all kinds of different things. I don't use it on the podcast, but I use it very much for live singing situations so that no matter where I go, I am confident in the vocal tone and different effects that I have with me uh, for consistency's sake. But it broke and it wasn't working and I didn't know what to do. And so I took it to my local Long & McQuaid in Moncton, New Brunswick, and I went up to their service area and desk and spoke with uh, a gentleman there who was very very friendly, very helpful in identifying the issue and said to me, repair is going to take too long. Here is a new pedal. And they replaced my pedal on the spot. 15 minutes, I was walking out the door. And in my opinion, no one has given me a better service experience than Long and McQuaid Musical Instruments. Not a sponsor. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Just stepping in again before we get back to our Preacher to the Fourth Power episode. We're moving now into a new segment that we're calling Tough Questions with Tough Answers. And uh, we'd love for you to send in any of the questions that you may have that we could take some time to research, look into, and and perhaps give a, an answer to. And I also just wanted to say thank you for the support and uh, and for listening to, to our particular brand of craziness. We love having the opportunity to speak into some of these things. And, uh, and we're on the journey just as much as you are. And so we would love to hear your comments. Um, we'd love to ha have your questions or different things that you think about. And, uh, and I just, again, just wanted to say thank you for the support. And we've just been really enjoying this journey with the podcast. So that's enough for me. Let's turn things back over to the four crazy horsemen of the answer apocalypse. This has took a weird turn. I'm going to just give it back to the, the fellas around the fire. So the first question that we're starting with, and uh, I'm so glad to have you guys here to, to handle this one for me, is where did sin come from? I'm not sure if you've heard this. I've heard this before because uh, we talk about sin all the time. But, but I've heard people ask, well, where, where did sin come from? Who invented sin? You know, was there always sin? Just stuff like that. Um, and you can jump in any time, or I'll just start going through my notes. Um, I when I when I saw this question, where did sin come from? You know, I thought about well, where did it start? What was the beginning place for sin? Did it did it begin in heaven, uh, or did it start on earth? And you know, I pulled up some different scriptures, but before we jump in to it, I will I did look up the definition for sin just so that you know everyone's kind of on the same. Uh, playing field here. Sin is a noun, and it's uh, well, it's also a verb. But in this case, it's an immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law. 
You're breaking God's rules. We'll put it just like that. It's breaking a known law of God. Breaking a known law of God. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into sins of omission and sins of commission tonight? Maybe. I don't know. Depends on what kind of sin you're talking about, I guess. Sure. Well, that's one of the questions that I'm even asking myself here is, like, are we talking about where did human sin come from? Or where did, you know, where's the source of sin? I mean, if, if we're going back... Where did evil come like, from? Like, where did evil come from? Sure. And, and things like that, and... and I mean, Satan tempted, you know, through use of the, of the snake in, in the garden, tempted humanity. So, I mean, we can talk of that being a source of that was kind of the first place where temptation was found for humans and, and humanity sinned. But if we're then going to go to the one who did the tempting and, and, and the great deceiver of Satan, it's, I think it's in Ezekiel somewhere, it talks about it was pride, that, that uh-huh. sin started out of pride. That that Satan was the you know one of the wisest and, and most beautiful angels and and it it was a source of pride that I am better and better than God better than my Creator and and I can define things how I want and, and see myself as above that and even a little bit within sin of humanity I think God as we read in the beginning in Genesis you know as God creates He says and God saw it. And God defined it as good, and that if I'm not mistaken, one of the first places where where humanity defines something as good that that uh, God doesn't is in that temptation where Eve sees the fruit and says, and Eve looked upon it and said, or thought it was good, right? Even though God said it wasn't, you know, stay away from from this. So it's it's disobedience. It's I'm going to define what's good for myself. Just if I can, Andrew, you know, you were talking about Lucifer or Satan and pride. In Isaiah 14, 12 to 15, you know, it's in my Bible, it was titled The Fall of Lucifer. And it said, uh, and this, is, this was when he was in heaven, you know, um, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you said in your heart, now here's where I think the pride comes in, because this is where Lucifer said in his heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. If that's not pride, I don't know what is. Yeah, he desired the worship of the heavens. I, I can't put my finger on this or where it's found, so you guys uh, don't, please, listener, but we're just having a conversation here. Um, I, I vaguely feel like I remember him being like a worship leader or something like that, that he, that, that he was kind of like the head um, and was the worship leader but desired all the worship for himself. Yeah. Does that sound it sounds, familiar to anyone? It sounds familiar. Like, yeah, I've heard that. I don't know I where mean, it, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know if it said worship it. leader in, yeah. that, in that vernacular. Uh, I'm not sure if it's apocryphal or not. But. There's a fun term for us. <laughs> As really, I think kind of this fits with with what everyone's been saying but when you ask the question where did sin come from my first thought was free will and choice that God gives us and and even the angels he gave them free will because he doesn't want robots so and then bad choices um or and really the bad choices being motivated by 
pride, just as just as as Andrew said, wanting to elevate yourself, wanting others to worship you instead of God. Um, and really, I think it fits with with our earlier conversation about being a leader in a group that's going down a wrong road. It's you have a choice of standing against it or for it. Mm-hmm. And that choice can have lasting repercussions. So Yep. Yeah, that would be that would be like your personal sin, right? So that would be your choice. Um you know, we're talking original sin, personal sin. I like what Romans one talk how Romans one brings it out, you know, and um Paul talking about how sin entered the world, how they traded uh, the worship of God for the image of God, and they started making idols of wood and stone and traded that worship for things that yeah. weren't Treat real. The truth for a liar. And, and yeah. God saw their hearts and saw what they were worshiping, and so it says he gave them over to their lust, and he gave them over to their worship of those things, and it was just a, 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 a gradual downward progression until... Isn't that terrifying? They were far from him, yeah. It is terrifying. That's that's the terrifying thing about sin. Like Eve in the Garden of Eden, you know, surrounded by all this goodness, is tempted and says, you know, the, the Satan puts in her mind that it's good. God didn't say you're going to die from that. He knows that if you eat that, it's going to make you like him. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, then it must be good, you know? Yeah, kind of put like doubt. <clears throat> doubt. Yeah. And then she eats it, and then lo and behold, sin is in the world, and they're farther away from God than they ever thought possible. Yeah. You know? It's, it's funny, and, and it might sound like a funny comparison, but I see such um, a commonness, might be the way to put it, between uh, Eve and the fruit and Christ when Satan took him, when, when the Spirit took Christ into the wilderness and Satan tempted Christ. Um, it's the motivation was where the sin lied, I think. With with the temptation of Christ turning the stones into bread. Well, Christ, we see many times, multiplied food for people. And that wasn't sinful. So would it have been sinful for him to turn the stones to bread? Or was the sin in the motivation behind turning stone into bread? Mm. Is Was the sin in that... He's doing it for Satan and for exaltation of himself instead of worship of the Father. I think there's also a point to the it's a, it's a selfishness, too. I mean, we've we got to remember that Adam and Eve, and I know we're dealing really with, with humanity's beginning of sin, but, um, I mean, they were in the presence of the Lord. They had, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it was, it was perfect. I mean, you're in the Garden of Eden with... In relationship with God and and it's you know in that temptation it's but you can have more and and just this idea of I want more and mm-hmm. I, and that might be one of the things that leads and I think we can see that still in our own lives that you know that we're uncontent with things and we want more and we want to play God and, and we want to define things and mm. yeah so I'm gonna bring this back around a little bit um, to origin of sin um so i think if if i was to kind of recap where we're at because we've looked at different ways that sin has entered the world and or different different ways that sin has affected the world 
Um, would it be fair to say, and you guys can tell me what you think, I'm never sure, I'm not sure if I've ever said this sentence out loud, that sin began in heaven with Lucifer? Do you, do you, I don't, I don't know how that jives with our theology or I, I didn't look in the church manual if I'm being honest before, before this, do, do you, because, because pride entered him there. I think that's the first showing of wickedness. Okay. Is in, in it, Satan's pride. Mm-hmm. Now, is the, are you making a distinction between that and sin? Well, pride would have broken a known law of God. I mean, pr- pride placed himself better above, than God. Yeah, he put. He wanted to put himself on the throne of heaven, Lucifer, and have all the angels and every stars of heaven worship him. Right. And, so and, I, I wouldn't have an issue with that, I, I don't think. Now, Second Peter 2.4 says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, mm-hmm. but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And then there's, you know, there's some before that and after that. I just pulled that out. Um, angels in heaven sinned. Now, there's debate whether this happened before or after or, after or things like that. The point is, in heaven, angels sinned. Yeah. yeah. So I think we could say, yeah, that, that might have been the root of sin, but when we're talking about where sin entered the world, right? I think you've got, and it is right, yeah, right here in front of me, Romans 5, you know, as by one person sin entered into the world. And death by okay. sin, and so death passed upon all people, for that for they have all sinned. Mm-hmm. Romans but, five. But salvation entered into the world by one person. That's yeah, right. that's the Jesus Christ. Don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to that point. <laughs> I know. But, yeah. S- but origin. Yeah, origin. Lucifer. Yeah, I, you know. And, but, but I think for us here, whether it happened in heaven, at the beginning, or or, or here on earth. I mean, I don't. I don't think it matters. I don't think the Church of the Nazarene no. takes a position on that, you know. I think No, we're just looking at yeah, the conversation. I, I just think we understand that there's sin. Personal yes. sin. Uh where Scott was talking about, you know, and, and that's the condition of our hearts and the, okay. all of the old testaments about the condition of our hearts, you know, and the prophets want to, you know, take out our hearts of stone or replace mm-hmm. them with hearts of flesh and you know, and then there's that original sin where we have no control over that's the unfair I, you know, in my thoughts earlier days, unfair sin that I, you know, I really had nothing to do with. That was Adam and Eve, yeah, but through our that. DNA or whatever, we have inherited their propensity for sin. Right. I mean, it says in the Bible, the heart is wicked above all things. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? And, well, and that's why we're getting to, yeah. like, that's where this is headed. Yeah. Was where, where it began, it entered earth. You know, through again through the temptation, yeah, right, uh, and and through Eve and then Adam, and it's you know, and Andrew, you just read it, Romans five, um, Romans five twelve to twenty one, uh, but I don't think I put 20, all that, just twelve, sorry. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all that had sinned. That that's that's the spot right there, and uh, and now we're all dealing with that original sin. Yeah. And our, the personal sin yeah, of Adam and Eve. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 And so that's one of the things I was thinking too, as you were just talking there, is you know, we talk about original sin, and you know, that's sin that that was, you know, it's kind of put upon us, and it's not ours. But yet, almost in that, in that, we we say something, and we, when we start blaming others for our problems, and like yeah. we see that almost everything, uh, you know, right happened. You know, Eve was the first to. To take mm-hmm. a bite of the fruit and, and hand it to Adam, but yet when God, you know, c- 
comes on the scene and you know where are you yeah. what's one of the first things that Adam does well it, it was her fault yeah, yeah blames the woman and yeah she blames she blames the snake yeah, yeah so it's just actually well sorry not to jump on you here but they actually blame God yeah because Adam said the woman who you gave me yeah right yeah. you know like the, the yeah. they blamed God yeah and and I think we still do see that even in our own lives that there are times that we have we have issues and some of it's sin and we blame God for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if I wasn't this way, yeah, if, you, I, you, if you, you didn't made make me, me go through this, yeah, 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 like I, yeah. I was born oh, this way. Oh, we're yeah. hearing, yeah, we're hearing that. Yeah. yeah. You know, you want to you want to get into culture and the way it's going and yeah, yeah, like that's just the overarching yeah. defense now for a lot of things yeah. that the Bible would call yeah. sinful. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I was born this way. Yeah. So but we blame, but I'm, and we say, you know, in that situation, though, I think it says in Romans, you know, for everyone has sinned and falls yeah. short of the glory of God. So, I mean, as much as we can be, oh, you know, it's Eve's fault or it's Adam's fault, we very well would have done the same thing. Yeah. Hmm. So let's end this succinctly with, we got to deal with it. Sins in the world. But somebody came along to mm-hmm. free us from it. Yep. Amen. Christ. But he, yeah, and I just want to, in that story in the garden, sin and death entered the world. That's right. Yeah. You know, because God, the first death was recorded with when God killed the animals to make clothes for Adam and Eve. So even in that act of death, there was compassion for Adam and Eve in God's care for them. He provided for them. Uh, a way for them to live even yeah. after sin entered the world. Now it changed all the dynamics, but yeah. God's love and prov- providence were, were there for them in that. And I'm not. I don't mean to. I'm going to forget this. And this is kind of off topic, maybe a rabbit trail. But I've uh, thought this recently with with him making those skins that required blood to be shed mm-hmm. to cover their sin. Mm-hmm. When Cain and Abel presented their offerings, and God did not accept Cain's, which was fruit of the land, but He accepted Abel's. Did that have anything to do with blood, uh, or that it wasn't a lamb, or you know what I mean? Um, I think I think it had to do with, in that specific instance. I think it had to do with the condition of the heart. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I just I thought it was interesting that I see the hands, I see them both. That you're just chomping at the bit. I thought it was interesting, just the blood that was you know required to deal with this sin. Yeah. And how that just brought us straight to Christ. Now, last thought, and then Andrew, this is yours. How in the Old Testament, the la- the blood of the Lamb only covered sins. Only the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a huge distinction. Yeah, big time. Andrew. All right. Ca- take can, us home. Take uh, us sorry. home, Andrew. The, the Cain and Abel thing, I think, yeah, it's the condition of the heart and that it's, you know, one 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 offering was just given is just a kind of in passo, here you like, go. Here, here you go. As for one was the first fruits right. and, and, you know, you're deserving of it all, and this is just but a bit. So I think there's a bit of yeah. the condition of the heart. Um, and then, uh, where was I going? Oh, with the uh, with the fall and talking about, and death entered the world. In that same moment, and in those times where, where sins entered, and, and, you know, humanity's placing blame and, and blaming God, we still read in that same chapter that right, even in those immediate times, God is already speaking of the plan that he has mm-hmm. of redemption, mm-hmm. where he talks about, you know, one will come and, and will crush you. Crush your, so I, I will mean, put enmity between yeah. you and the serpent. So I just, and I, and I, I find such encouragement there that you're like, here we, we've rebelled. We've, we've, you know, tried to become like God 
and we're even blaming him for our problems. And yet even there in that judgment where he starts talking about what's going to happen to Eve, what's going to happen to Adam, what's going to happen to the serpent, he's already talking of the redemptive path. That's right. So as we read the whole Old Testament, we know, you know, this is leading up to the redemption that's found in Jesus. And he talked about like the, the blood that was in Exodus and the blood of the lamb and stuff. And like, it's just, it's amazing to read the redemptive story. Yeah, that's right. absolutely. I take great hope from Hebrews where it says, let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles yeah. us. So we Amen. can make a choice in our heart for Christ and have that sin thrown off. Mm -hmm. Amen. So, yeah. And sorry, I said that really quickly, but I had like three things going no, on. No, dude. So. <laughs> but he had, both, he had both hands up to get your point out. Uh, any last thoughts before I move on, gentlemen? We're, we've passed the 40-minute mark. I, I, like, I like the idea of the, I think it's the Greek, idea of sin where the, the word hamartia i think that's what the word is and it's the idea of trying to hit a bullseye but you can't hit the bullseye hmm. it's missing, missing the it's, mark missing the mark missing the mark yeah and, and you know i think that idea of sin that's what they well that's what sin is today yeah anything we do that misses the mark hmm. you know yeah. wesley would have wesley would have said there's the sins of the sins that we know of and the sins that we don't know of. And, and the blood commission. of Jesus Christ covers them all. Yeah. So. yeah. I've also heard another one. I don't know if it's the Greek or if it was Hebrew, but somewhere that I've talked about where it talks about, like, it's passing the boundaries, too. Mm. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're, you're within these things and you're playing soccer or something, but when you step out, that's the penalty. You've pat, like passing the boundaries, mm -hmm. yeah. missing the mark. So yeah. Let's wrap it up with this. Sin is in the world and in us, but Jesus Christ can cleanse us and free us from it. And if you haven't found that cleansing power yet, get your butt to church and go talk to your pastor. He'd be happy to introduce you to Jesus. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. All right, gentlemen, last question of the night. Is it okay to sleep with my ostrich pillow hat? A little bit of context, because I know you're all going, why are we here again? Uh, this comes from Yahoo Answers. Let me read it again. Is it okay to sleep with my ostrich pillow hat? I'm just wondering if it's okay because I want to try it. It's a napping hat that's shaped like an ostrich and put on your head. Guys, well, talk to me. I, I would say if the thing is called a napping hat, then yes, of course it's okay. But what is a napping hat? That's when I, The only reason I put this in here was because... I wanted to know what the heck is a napping well, hat. Is it that thing that you can take like on the airplane and it goes like around your head and it covers everything and you can like those put are your for hands. your neck. Those are for your neck, dude. You put those on your neck, not your head. No, no, no. He's he's, it's about another a thing. There's time. a. It's like it's just. It's like Don't sensory even. deprivation on hands. an airplane. You you actually wrap it around your head and you can put it down. There's a little thing that covers your eyes and your nose so you can lay on the seat in front of you. When you're saying napping hat, though, I can't help but think which was the night before Christmas. And he's like, oh, the, the big long hat. The big eye, long like, hat. My, my cap, my napping hat. And like, my kerchief like, and I cap. I can see Brad just walking with a cup of tea and Mandy going, like, what's going? Excuse me, this is my napping this is, hat. Yeah. This is my napping hat. Like, Look at my ostrich. I'm, like, this, don't talk to me. I'm getting ready to See, I think we missed the real issue of the question. And 
is the ostrich napping hat made with the plumes of the endangered ostrich of the albino plains of Kenya? Holy shit. They say it's shaped like an ostrich. It does not clarify not it an ostrich. is ostrich. I, I say I say nap away. I, I mean, put an ostrich it, on it's, my head. It's, it's shaped like an ostrich. I mean, I, I see people sleeping and they got like the little ears that look like they're teddy bears. Like, go, go, yeah, sure. Yeah, but like two bony ostrich legs sticking down you're like how comfortable is that gonna be but that's because you can grab onto them and like wrap them around like maybe you can like wrap them around and use them as a pillow i think i need to see a picture of this well, hat who buys such a unique item that has a specific purpose and then doesn't use it for said purpose yeah that's yeah, right napping hat nap yes does it matter what shape no probably wouldn't wear it to the mall uh, no no Although I'm really curious, now I feel like I don't remember what an ostrich looks like. Like, is there any sports teams that have the ostrich as their mascot? Because you might get away with wearing it out there. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Eddie, you oh, were right. I have Google. It is. You are totally it's right, Eddie. That covers your whole head. <laughs> oh, my word. See, I was right. Oh, I nap. was right. <laughs> but, I mean, the, but here's the thing it says, and I quote, nap anywhere with the ostrich pillow. Yeah. So nap. There you go. Uh, see, that's the thing that you take on airplanes. You just loaded up YouTube. You were now watching a video of someone with a napping hat. <laughs> I I thought it was that. I saw that. I saw the commercial on my Facebook feed one day. I was like, you know what? That actually looks like it'd be kind of neat. I just got. I understood now. Okay, the point of it being ostrich is because you know you stick. They stick, you stick their your head, head in, in the ground. So that's what it is. They stick. Oh. So you can't see anything. It's just perfectly. Okay. Cozy. Yeah, it's like it's like sensory deprivation. You got just a little little spot that you can stick your head on the seat little in front spot of you to or... put your sleep apnea mask in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't believe I put this question out there, and I'm the idiot. <laughs> Not at all. I'm thinking of a Christmas present now for our district president for NYI. Yes! <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, uh, yes, the answer is nap with it. It's made for that. Um, I need to go find one. Gentlemen, I, I don't know if you listen to any podcasts, but if you do, I'd love for you to throw down a recommendation to the people out there that they can go look up. I'll start. I'm a big fan of, it's a Christian podcast called The Bible Brodown. It's only on iTunes. That's the only place I can find it anyway. A couple of guys that really go into a lot of detail um, without a bias. They've, they've really gone to a lot of work to come at scripture from a very neutral point. I mean, they're, they're from like our tradition. Uh, one was a, was a Calvinist for a while and then climbed the mountain of truth. And, and there, <laughs> there we were. <laughs> And uh, anyway, ec- excellent, excellent content that they put out. They they do excellent research, and they're involved with a bunch of different um, podcast organizations. But look up Bible Brodown. Check them out. Let them know that we sent you. They don't know who we are, but let them know. Actually, they might. Let them know uh, that we sent you. Gentlemen, anybody else? Any podcasts that you listen to? See, most of my podcasts I listen to are, are leadership podcasts. So, well, okay. I don't know. I'm thinking, like, you got the... Craig Rochelle Relationship Podcast, the sure Carrie Newhoff one. I, I, Great. Yeah. There, you gave but, two. Uh, we only asked for there one. There you go. Overachiever. Eddie? I'm not a huge podcast guy. It's not been part of my my journey. I'm, I'm kind of old school that way. However, uh, we I am starting a blog with a couple other guys in Summerside. It's going to be about ministry and, oh, yeah, plug and it. faith and just you know things like that. So it's going to be three guys just kind of like this. But it's going to be linked to our website eventually, summersidenazarene.org. And so you can go on there. Right now you can watch my our sermons and our services there. So it's kind of like a podcast, except 
video. Very cool. Vlog. All right. There you go. Uh, Scott? Not a huge podcast person yet. A uh, lot of interest in, in starting to, just finding the time to, as we all know sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but one I have listened to a few times that I do kind of like, because I've always had an interest in uh, true crime mm-hmm. and seeing how, and really it relates to our topic of sin and and just how the minds of some of these people work. And the Nighttime Podcast does some pretty neat stuff on true crime and and even true crime within the Maritimes where we are. So oh, that's terrifying. Cool. Yep. I should say, I did listen to one podcast, but I'm very sad the guy that did it passed away, Stuart McLean. Uh, Vinyl Cafe. Vinyl Cafe Podcast. I used to listen to that uh, all the time. Vi- love Vinyl Cafe. So I'm very sad that he's gone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, well, again, thank you guys for taking the time to be with us. And Eddie, work again, can they start finding that vlog? SummersideNazarene.org. We, um, we shoot our first one next week. Any, so. Anybody else have anything that you want to plug while while you're here? YouTube. Big Papa Preach. Big the, Papa Preach on YouTube. Okay. Big, the Freetown Nazarene. Messages each week are posted. Fantastic. You guys know I'm charging you for ad time. Uh, That's why I was quiet. <laughs> Andrew, anything? Yeah. Uh, not at this moment, but uh, like Eddie said, there's some things in the works and things that uh, my church personally were praying about, that I'm personally praying about. We're hoping to uh, start live streaming some of our services as well. Um, and then there's also some uh, some talks and, and some things discussing about a potential podcast for, for preaching oh, and ministry yeah. and... Uh, it's not going to be called "Oh Yeah." Not watching three weeks. It's all, yeah. yeah, but uh, I can yeah, I'm so visualizing the whole thing. I will let I will let you know as as things arise. The moment you get that going, we'll have you on so you can plug it. Well, thanks guys for taking the last hour to spend it with us, and uh, want to give a, just a big shout out to uh, Andrew Barker, Eddie Rossiter, and Scott Wilson. Thanks guys for being on the podcast. Hope you had a good time. I certainly enjoyed our time together. Thank you, listener, for taking the time to be with us. And remember, you can follow Oxford Holy Club on all the social medias that are of any importance, uh, i.e., Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also email us at OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com. And if you do use the social medias, make sure you use our hashtag, O-Club, O-H-C-L-U-B. And if you head on over to iTunes, feel free to leave a five-star review for us. That really helps us to, uh, to start climbing the charts, gets the podcast out there. And for every five-star review that is on there, we will read it on the air. Uh, that could be dangerous, but you know what? We're going to commit to it. So thanks again for taking the time to spend it with us. We will see you next week. And remember, until next time, keep spiritually fit and have fun.